too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I bring the boom, I bring the thunder. Legion of doom in the dungeon of plunder. Oh, go find me 196. I ended up doing a podcast. So here we are, the Open Championship 2021 from Royal St. George. I was going to say Royal Port Rush, but that was two years ago. So here we are. Um, Thank you to, thank you to, well, whatever. Thank you to no one. Thank you to me. DraftKings contest is out. Five dollars, uh, single entry, three hundred entries. Maximum no no rake. Maximum two bozos, and they have already filled the contest, so no bozos are left. Room. Um. Winner gets a guest spot on this podcast, optional of course, and a private jet golf trip to St Andrews. With a disclaimer that the jet may not be private or a jet. Trip may not include golf or a trip. And Andrew may not be a saint. Always got to throw that in there because we're not giving you a trip. Uh, the most... Oh, also Nelson. Nelson Adcock. Cutsweats.com, I think is his website. Nelson on Twitter. He's a good follow. So, I think, in my opinion based on the massive amount of people that I've spoken with, the massive amount of money I put into DFS, and the smart people in finance that have won on this show, this will not be a a difficult concept to grasp, but six of six going into a weekend is the most important. Making cuts is the most important thing you can have in your player pool that you create. Not as like Rom was the winner of the U.S. Open. He wasn't on the winning team for multiple milli slash makers for DraftKings. Find people who make the cuts. Work from there. I.e. Brian Harmon last week at the John Deere. Next, Doc Redman. Next, killed you. Killed you. Think of the substitutes for those guys. That I didn't have. So cutsweats.com is Nelson's site. And it will show you how you are faring in all of your teams in terms of am I 6 of 6, am I 5 of 6, all of them, and how do I compare to the rest of the field. I.e. when I was at the U.S. Open, I was 4x the field and made in 6 of 6s. But that meant nothing in the long run, so I just contradicted myself. I think if you use the code GOLFLANDIA, you get something. I don't even know if it's cutsweats.com. I think it is, but give it a try. 
Who cares? Like Old Navy. It's fine. Podcast brought to you by Old Navy. It's fine. Stuff is fine. In fact, people are buying Old Navy stuff now because of it. Because of this show. It's fine. Who cares? Um, all right. This is a 46-segment second. 46-second. You wish. 46-minute segment with Josh and Ryan on the open. I think you should I think do a contest of count the squeaks in the chair, win a prize. Um, so I don't want to take up too much time on an intro, and I won't. But I do want to say something about influence versus reach because I saw influence versus reach. That's the topic. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I can't not talk about it because I'm somewhat pissed off. So Monday Q, Monday Q guy, our friend on Twitter. Let me get his right handle here to make sure that I am. uh, Here we go. Monday Q info. Monday Q info. Everyone knows him. He's got 65,000 followers. Ace. A case of the golf one. For the longest time, I thought it meant Ace of Case Golf. That's how stupid I am. A Case of the Golf one. Money Q Info. So basically, he, on his own dime, effort, not in conjunction with the PGA from what I know. And I, we, we DM'd. We were supposed to talk on the phone. We haven't talked. I'm not media. I'm, I'm just gleaning information based on what he's put out on Twitter. So I'm not reporting a story. I'm just commenting based on my own opinion and what I've observed and what I know about my own, my own interactions with the PGA. Um, Monday Q info tweets. Well, I finally made it. Got a cease and desist letter from the PGA tour for a video that he posted. He's going to have to take it down. This on top of the PGA tour, not allowing me him to take videos of Mondays anymore. This is a guy with 65,000 followers on his own dime who's built so much awareness of something that no one even know about for the PGA Tour uh, and generated so much of an audience, an influence network for the PGA Tour and all these people on Monday qualifiers. It's, it's a, it's a storyline within storylines, not to mention just the stats of the people who are making the cut on Mondays, who are so helpful, so helpful to people who are in DFS or gambling to know how they're going to fill out their roster. And he gets a cease and desist. He has 65,000 followers, asks for nothing. Would anyone know about Monday qualifiers without him, without having to go and dig it up themselves? No. The media relations people have 65 followers on Twitter. 65. Does that make any sense? So media relations has no idea about media 2021 and then absolutely stomp on Monday Q Info for content that he's done for nothing. He asked for a can of shaving cream from the Barbasol because he said it would last 18 months for him. That's all. Not only did not handle it. I mean, I understand contract relations and network relations and content relations and who owns what content, but delicately say, listen, man, thanks for all your work. Let's figure out a way to integrate here. No, cease and desist. Fuck off. 
Why? Because he's not a giant media brand. Full stop. New media, new media, like him, are a threat to the old guard. You get more engagement from a 65,000 person f- uh, page on Twitter than local news, most major content, media relations at PGA would get in a lifetime. But that's corporate for you. Comfortable, non-risk takers, not creators, play the game right. Get cheap labor who's, who doesn't ask for much to, to do your work and then take credit for it. And then when it gets uncomfortable, to stomp on their neck. Media relations, 65 followers. Monday Q info, 65,000 followers. Yes, let's, let's make sure he goes away. He is a problem. Do you understand the influence network that he has and how upsetting it is? Me, just alone, as one person who follows him in the content space to see this happen? And it's not unique to him. I have my own stuff. But that's influence versus reach. So big network, even local TV people believe, big reach, big audience. Wrong. TVs are just on. Anywhere. You could say, uh, the reach of a Twitter account is infinite people, if you want to say that. My content, his content, anyone's content can reach the whole globe in five one-hundredths of a second. Do you count that as reach? Should I monetize that? No, it's influence. You know, you know quantitatively how much your content resonates with an audience. Sixty-five. Look at his content. Look how much engage, he gets more engagement than people with three million followers on Barstool. You think that is less valuable just because someone has a network, a radio station? Who cares? They're just on. Whatever. I just had to get that off my chest. Amongst other things that are bothering me, but that's it. This 42-minute second segment should be 42 seconds now. Minute segment. I'm not sure if it adds value with Josh and Ryan. This was done yesterday, so I'm sure I've flipped my script since then, but whatever. It's the open. Listen, the the open player, the major players, players just don't show up for the majors. Say, hey, I'm a good player. I'm going to show up and just happen to play in the majors because I care. Wrong. They care. They care mostly all the time. But these major setups, they filter out or they allow through the players with the elite skill sets to handle these difficult conditions. That's when they're showcased. And that's why it's, well, why didn't, why didn't Brooks Kepka win the Travelers? Well, maybe some weeks he can't make 35 birdies. But in tough conditions where you have to bring in all these attributes – you know, understanding controlling distance, understanding the surface that you're playing on, understanding the, con- the weather conditions, what to avoid, what club to use, having good hands, getting out of trouble, bunkers, being a good putter, 
and having the guts and the mental fortitude to do this all under pressure, including being an elite ball striker, yeah, these setups allow for these great players to shine. And so it makes it should make your roster development more simple. Should. I don't know. Who cares? Let's talk to Ryan and Josh. Hello. Okay, here we go. Uh, the open week. The final major of the year. That means summer is over and we're going get, going into the pitfalls of winter and fall tour on the PGA Tour, which no one cares about golf in the fall. We do. I mean, you have the Safeway. Uh, you have the California Swing. Um, but this is it. So I was kind of thinking about that. Wimbledon's done. Uh, Euro soccer is over. And now you've got the Open Championship. Is That's it. But this week, this week, you've got, I think, one of the tougher stops. By the way, someone's nose breathing to freaking hell. You did ask me to get closer to the microphone. Okay, before. sorry. <laughs> I, I was waiting for your medallion, too, because you're so close now. See, I call it the medallion picks. When it rings, I, I write those names down. <laughs> the uh, So Josh has, circling the drain, uh, fantasy hockey world champion, wants to be fantasy golf world champion, will not be that. He has a medallion around his neck. I believe it's his old Boy Scout medal or knife, and it hits the microphone. When you hit it, when you hear that, hit the microphone, circle that pick. So this week, though, the Royal St. George, I believe, is one of the tougher stops in the open circuit of courses. Of course, there's a, a select group of courses in the open that are used. Royal St. George last time was used 11, am I right, Ryan, with Darren Clark? That's correct, 2011. Yep, and the thing about it is, it's it's. I think it's a little more exposed where it is to more weather conditions. It's very flat. It is subject, like I said, to more elements. Um, I've heard players say that the rough is pretty. Who is it? Richard Bland today said the rough was pretty gnarly. You're going to have to be a very good, you know, driver of the ball to keep it in play. I don't know if it's super firm, but it's firm. It's firm for any other course's conditions. It may not yet be the open firmness, but it might get there depending on whether this weekend. The one really interesting thing to me, I mean, first of all, the open championship takes what? It takes understanding the nature of these courses and that even though you may have a good shot off the tee, you may end up trouble in trouble in a pot bunker. So it is about knowing where to hit it short of trouble, long of trouble, but understanding the nature of these courses and having intelligent decision-making, especially experienced caddies on the bag to help you with that. The one thing I really found interesting today that I gleaned from somewhere was that unlike other open rotation courses, there's not a lot of sight lines on this one, meaning that there's nothing in the distance that people can gauge where to hit, making it more difficult on approaches. So what that means, I mean, we guessed before the podcast in terms of what the final uh, score under par would be. Uh, Josh, you said what? Minus seven. What did you say, Ryan? I said ten. I 
Yeah, I'm going to go double. Okay, digits. so we're kind of close. I I don't yeah I don't believe it's going to be a minus fifteen, but I don't believe it's going to be a plus three. I think minus seven to minus ten is probably exactly correct. Um, but yeah, anything to add based on what you've heard this week from from any content hashtag DFS. People put content out. Yeah, this week's a big content <laughs> week. Um, no, I mean obviously you know with this event. Uh, there's no reason to build too early or do your research too early until you know the weather. It's going to be a big part of it. But um, it did seem like from what I saw earlier today, um, the fairways are a little bit wider than they were. Um, I assume it's going to be firm and fast again. So uh, I expect, you know, uh, they're going to use the runoffs and uh, swales and that sort of thing. And you're going to have to scramble your ass off. Um, But they did say that they, um, made the greens bigger and the fairways wider. So that's really the one big change. Uh, but beyond that, um, this course's defense was always the green runoffs and the bunkers. And I think that's going to hold true again. And Josh? it does look like some very early win reports. It looks like that will certainly be in the play. And given that this course is, you know, close to the ocean, I would expect uh, that's certainly something that we'll they'll have to contend with all week. And, I think no matter what the uh, wind draw looks like, you're probably going to, if you are doing multi, you know, if you are multi-entering, you are going to want to do some, some draw splits. Where, where are you with, where are you with, because I talked to someone about this, for instance, Westwood. I said, I, I really liked Westwood. And they said, just be careful, just be careful of, it being in his backyard and the pressure. I mean, this is someone who played at Royal St. George, the pressure that comes with an open championship being in this area of the country. Do you, do you factor that for some of these English players and the pressure and the limelight that comes with it? Are you factoring it at all? Or is that too much? I, I think there's so many of them that it's hard to factor that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think you could say. Well, I'm just not going to play the. As Ryan is saying, you can't. I don't think you can just eliminate all the English players just based on that. So I'm you not, like Fitzpatrick, I'm, Westwood, Wallace, <laughs> Casey? Um, I don't know. Of those, I probably. I guess I would like Westwood the most, but <laughs> no not, way. But that has. Well, I don't like any of them. But you, okay, you know. Okay. Yes, but I'm not, to answer your question, I'm not factoring it in. Okay. Um. And are sorry, go back to your your win splits and AMPM draws. Are you playing that, Josh? Um, well, typically I'm I'm cognizant of it for for any uh, event, especially if I am doing some if I am multi entering, which I always do. I will have a little bit of splits each way, but I I do think with you know how how dramatically the weather can change here. Uh, and how significant it can be because of how exposed it is. I guess I could say that if there ends up being a wind split, it could be a pretty significant one. So, uh, but I, even if, but even if I see the wind, you know, Wednesday night and it looks like there's a favorite draw, I, I'm not going to just completely rely upon that because it can shift pretty dramatically. Um, but I will have cert- some lineups that are split out. So that in the event that there's a draw, you know, I will be able to capitalize in some of the lineups. All right. The field now. We were talking about lineup HQ and we use multiple 
lineup optimizers, but lineup HQ now has this bump feature and I like the guys at Roto Grinder, so I'm going to talk about it, but I love the bump feature. So I can bump down someone and bump up other people. Um, the, oh, I will say this. I, I put this tweet out because it's true. And uh, what was my content schedule this week? My DFS content schedule Monday. I'm doing nothing. Tuesday, we may produce this podcast. <laughs> And you were actually late to this one, so I thought that was actually yeah. true, that it might not have been one tonight. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll be late to releasing the DFS, quote, Lister League contest. Wednesday, we marinate do Periscope. I'll 100% be late. And mostly, it's just trying to glean ownership from people so I could win. I mean, I don't get satisfied. I mean, I, it's great. It's great when you guys do do well in DFS, but it's very competitive, right? Like, we all want to bash each other's brains in. I mean, it's of course, yeah. Like I don't right. It's a competition, so you yes. do want to win. But on the other hand, you know, th- there's enough money out there that we can all take turns winning. So Not I, really. even though, you even take though all I, the money. I'm taking, even though I give you shit, you know, I, I'd like to see you in if I'm not winning. Same for Ryan. Okay, okay, that's nice. I'm not very winning. sweet. My my thing though on Twitter was in addition to my content schedule, which is weak. The best players. What I learned well recently was the best players don't just show up at majors. It's not like they sleep the rest of the year and then they just all of a sudden show up and play their best at majors. The setups of these toughest courses bring out the best player's skill set, and that's why it's showcased. It just doesn't isn't spontaneous that they just play better all of a sudden there. In that you have these Tournaments like the John Deere Classic where you can't luck your way around a course and make 30 birdies like Lucas Glover. I mean, who could have anticipated that he was going to make that many putts? He's Lucas Glover. And so these these these, these bigger players can't show the, showcase their skill set because it becomes more of just a you know easy, soft course birdie fest. But in these events, in the majors, you can't hide from it. And so you have to ask yourself, who are the best iron players? the best drivers of the ball on the regular and who can do it best under pressure. And then you look at all the major winners and be like, oh, oh shit, yes, those are the best players. So that will help you eliminate, hopefully, a large amount of your field. Unless you, I mean, yeah, unless Bo Hogue is playing in the open, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know where you want to start this week. There's a Let's ton go to of the top. Yeah. Let's go to the top, 10 and up. Are we going? Are we doing same format? Or are we going through everybody? No, can't go through I everybody. Just, I can't go through everyone. Right. Um, All right. I mean, as much as I do want to talk about Sam Forgan, less six thousand. Let's talk about let's talk about ten and up. Um, I'll go to you, Ryan. Oof, cool, Ooh, tough. Story. Um, I think John Rom's a good play. <laughs> okay, he's twenty plus percent owned. Talk me into it. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know <clears throat> if if Rom's actually going to end up there because one, um, he's significantly higher priced than anybody else. You know, I do think Brooks will carry some ownership, um, mm-hmm. but everyone's going to flock down, play Xander, Spieth, probably some JT, uh, and probably get multiple of those guys. And of course, if you do that, you cannot get John Rom. Number two, I mean, they're going to look at Rom's open form. Unless, unless there's a big asterisk there. Josh and I talked about it today on the phone. Go ahead. Unless you play Sam Burns. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I don't know what's up with the uh, RG uh, projection on that, but he's projected 6%. I think they forgot a uh, decimal place or something. It should be 60%. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so look, even if, if you do start burns ROM, which of course many people are going to do, I still think the build is going to be slightly more balanced. So I'll say ROM ends up, uh, I'll just say 19%, under 20%. Correct. But um, and I think you know his his open championship form will absolutely scare some people away. He's got a miscut in there, no top tens in his four appearances. Uh, with that being said, I will certainly be overweight on him. There's really um, there's nobody that I don't like up here, so it's 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 just going to be a matter of playing ownership to an extent. Um, but I mean, I don't know about Rory. He's the one that I have concerns about. Uh, obviously, miscut at the Irish. Uh, uh, sorry, Scottish and barely made the cut at the Irish. So something's not quite right with him, but again, uh, he tends to show up in majors and he tends to show up here. So uh, if Josh, any make thoughts it, on Rory, go ahead. Listen, I will say this and I'll, I'll take it to Josh. The, the, I, I, I want to beat everyone. So I hope everyone plays ROM to me. I just think observing ROM last week, he looks really exhausted. I think at that price, eleven three. He, I mean, listen. The winner of the U.S. Open in both Millie Makers wins did not have Rom. So Rom would probably more than have to win here in order to validate that price, in my opinion. Plus, he's twenty percent owned. Plus, he looked tired to me. <laughs> I, I have I have one player I like in this range. And it's not Roy, surprisingly, but I'll defer to Josh. So I have been saying for a while that I think, you know, Rom is just going to sit atop the number one player in the world for a long time. I was, uh, I was a little sad to learn that he actually went down to number two this week for, yeah. you know, for some reason, but I'm going to just ignore that. That was not, but, um, I, I can't fade Rom. I really like him this week, but I haven't really. I mean, I, on the one hand, I'm like I want to be all in. On the other hand, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I can see you're making some valid points, and it and it might scare me a little. Um, I'm I don't I'm not feeling Rory at all, no. and I, I you know I'm for me the two my two biggest plays will be Brooks and Xander. Um, obviously Xander is the huge chalk, but I think, I think to me, the Brooks ownership projection is surprising to me. He should be the highest owned golfer above 10. Um, we all say this thing. We all say, Hey, you know what? Um, Brooks only plays in the majors. And that's fine, and it's a hard thing to analyze for non-majors. But now, if so if you want to go along the narrative and say Brooks only pay, plays well in the majors, and that's not only the case, so then let's just look at his major history. Why why wouldn't he be the highest priced golfer and the highest owned? That's but right. He's, but he's neither. Well, I think he will be the highest owned. I'm su- I'm surprised he's not the highest priced. I you all think, I had to do he, was he will watch not, his- He will not be higher owned than wrong. Well, I think he'll be less than I think he'll be less than Rom, and I'm not so sure where he'll be with Xander. Wow, I, I don't think know. he'll be. I think he'll be over Rom. What do you um, think, Ryan? 
Um, I do not think he'll be over Rom. No. But also, let's say he is a little over Rom. It's also a six hundred dollars savings, which oh, as we'll, yeah, I'm significant. Sure, as we'll get to later in the podcast, I, there's not a lot, a lot I like that's cheap. So that that's significant. Like if I mean, other than this Burns, well, crap. that's the thing too. Like you guys mentioned, and of course we'll get there with Burns. But like if you're trying to pivot and get from Burns up to somebody else, very easy to just drop Rom to Brooks and get the extra six hundred and give you a lot more options. So it's the other thing. I yeah. Um, and before I, <laughs> before I, before, well, I think you can play Burns, but before I forget, I don't think you can play Burns and Rom together. If you're, you know, if you're trying to do a solid single entry or something, or even, I don't know, cash, fine. But I don't think that you should be doing that in the millionaire America. So I, I need to watch, I needed to watch about 30 minutes of Brooks just on the practice range today. Everyone believes that Bryce and others are the sort of, you know, deep mega minds of golf with their prep crews and, you know, their, their, their data and their analytics, you know, Brooks plays that off. Like he's some sort of jock, but I, I swear that he, I, I believe he's been there for a while. I think he has advanced teams that go out and analyze the course. He had his coach on the range. He had, of course, his caddy and um, he was hitting fade straight f- fades, draws and straights, both with, Irons, three woods, drivers. In, in the, you could tell the perfect position there where he wanted to hit. And to me, to me, it looked like. Plus, you know how much he played. He started the Challenge Tour in Europe. Mm-hmm. He loves this shit. I mean, this is, and this is the one I think he really wants. Next to the Masters, of course. But it, it just seems like the, you. This takes the Open Championship takes the best iron players in the world. Brooks Kepka is the top, one of the top, if not the top, iron player in the world. It, it, number one under pressure, for sure. And his knee's getting healthier. It just took that range session for me to say, oh, this guy, this guy has been advancing and looking at this for a long time. Um, go to Bryson, though, because no one, I mean, what's his... I mean, DJ, let alone, but DJ is even higher owned than Bryson projected. Bryson is just in the nines, nothing. Where are we on that? Yeah. And so you, I texted you guys, um, you know, two competing thoughts. And literally in the day, I said, do you guys realize how low and Bryson's going to be as a, as a reason to play him? And then I started, you know, as the research went on and I was thinking about it more, I was like, I personally think that if he's one percent owned, it's too much. Yeah, and and the big thing is, it's his first ever Open Championship for his caddy. It's his first ever gig as a caddy for his mm-hmm. caddy. And if you listen to John Wood today on NBC on Golf Channel, that's probably not a good thing. And this just doesn't. I, I understand. We've never seen the new Bryson at the. I don't think so. Have we since he's gained all this length? Has he had an Open? No. Right. It was last. It was last year. Anyways, but he, this does not scream the course that Bryce can can take apart, even with his length. Because miscut fifty first miscut. That's Bryson's open history. I mean, yeah, and he's got you know all of the, for all of his calculations, especially with a new caddy and dealing with all these uneven lies and dealing with the wind. Like I, it just doesn't speak, seem like it speaks to his game. Totally right. 
Um, all right, so we're jumping down to the nines. I think Ryan agrees to that point on Bryson. He didn't say anything, so I assume he agrees. Did Unless we lose him? Did we no, lose I'm him? here. I was, okay. yeah, no, I, I, I don't play well, Bryson ever. Uh, this is certainly not going to be the week. <laughs> Thank God we didn't lose him. That was a good opening to the podcast. All right, here's the big Ronald McDonald clown gif that I'm using now on Twitter, which is both terrifying and appropriate for playing chalk donkey stuff. I hate it. Huh? I hate your new gift. I hate it, but it's it's like, <laughs> it'll scare me out of playing chalk. Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth is 26% projected ownership at 9.7K. What's up with that? I'm not surprised by the uh, projections. I'll say that. Um, he's got a great open record, been great this year. Um, he seems to have, have slowed down a little bit, but I think, you know, anytime people play up the narratives here of you have to be able to scramble, you have to be creative, you have to play in the win. Like he's, he's the guy, you know, he checks all those boxes. He very much like Brooks, he shows up in majors, shows up on these hard golf courses and, um, I mean, I like him this week. I just don't know. I don't know what you can do if he's actually twenty five percent owned. I, yeah, I, I was looking at it too, and even that, even when he was terrible for that little stretch, he was he was still playing the open well. So you know, he had no game, but yet he can. He was performing well in the open. And I, I there's some chalk that I'm gonna try to get away from, and I think we'll get to it in a little bit. Um, I'm not sure this is the chalk that I'd rather that I, I think if I had to pick chalk Rom or chalk Spieth, I think I'd pick chalk Spieth because now he can be the, the, he can be the first guy. I mean, he, it's just a more of a versatile play. He can be the first guy in your lineup or he can be the second guy in your lineup. I, and so it, it's easier for him to, you know, I mean, he has to do well for you to win, the a big tournament, but he doesn't necessarily have to come in, you know, top or first or second like Ron. The other thing, but the other thing is though, you've got a lot of stuff dancing around him. There's a lot of Justin Thomas lovers, but there's always also Louie, who I thought would be the highest on at that price. Yeah. And I think Jordan's pulling a lot of ownership away from him. And um, I mean, 26% on Jordan Spieth, do, I mean, do you really want that and then have have to then compete with 26% of the field with the rest of your lineup? Oh, I mean, would you rather have 26% Spieth or 16% Uwe? Usti? I'd rather have 16% Usti. Oh, not for me. No. Wow. Really? Wow. The best the best really? Tita Green player, the best putter on earth? Open championship winner? I don't even know if he's won an event while I've been alive. He won a fucking open championship. I don't know if I was alive. Are you eight? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I uh, Chalk Louis. Be honest. This is the first time you learned he won an open championship. No, I did know that. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, I know he hasn't won on the PGA tour. No. So um, I can't do chalk. You can't do chalk Usti. That's the you know that's the guy when he's blowing up. You're 
And you know what? And you know especially why you can't do it? Because he was even more chalky last of that in the last major, and he paid off everyone. So all those people with their stupid fucking Oosty bucks are going right back up to the fucking <laughs> to the window and buying more Oosty tickets. But here's the problem with the argument. No, you, you missed it. Listen, you didn't win with Oosty last major. You missed it. Move on. But here's the thing. All these all these RG projections, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. All the chalk is like fifteen percent and over on everyone over eight thousand, especially over nine thousand, without any counterbalance in sevens or sixes. So how is that possible? You can't play a lineup of all nines. Um. Well, I think they're gonna have to bump up that Sam Burns projection. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, so I mean, I think there's some, but again, um. I think you're right to an extent. I think you're going to see ownership spread out here except for one or two guys, right? I think you're going to see a uh, low Bryson. You're going to see Dustin Johnson single digits. You may see Rory single digits, right? So I think even though there are a lot of guys who are going to get owned here, there's also going to be a few of them that are extremely low owned for kind of what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Well, here's the one interesting one, gentlemen. The two that I don't believe have played in an open championship yet. Hovland's still a little chalky, but Collins, again, mm-hmm. he's always the lowest on in majors. And he's won one. And he's the best iron player on earth, perhaps. Nothing? No, no Colin? He was so bad at the Scottish last week. Mm-hmm. I think that was a bad – yeah, I think that was a bad start. You know, there were a few guys that I had my eye on last week who we'd never seen over here, right? Burns being one of them, Scotty Scheffler being the other one, and then Morikawa being number three. And – First two of them played great, uh, and Morikawa just didn't, uh, and he was pretty bad across the board. So I'm I'm, I'm certainly hesitant, um, especially considering his price. And you're kind of clicking him in over Usti, JT, Spieth, Hovland, etc. All right. Anything else in the nines? No eights. Here we go. Here we go. How can we ignore Tony Fina? <laughs> right. I mean, 8.4 Tony Finau loves Lynx golf, good open player, plays well overseas. Admittedly, on his Instagram page, said he loves Lynx golf. How can he deny that, Ryan? 8.4. I mean, the form shows it. I think, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with Finau is is he's been bad for a few weeks in a row now. Yes. And I think but the. So was Kevin Tway on like Friday, and he shot nine this time on Saturday. Yeah, but here's the thing is. What people, don't, what people don't think about in golf is that you can correct things, is that you can get improvement. Day yeah, day sure. But, but are I, you going to get Finau at a low ownership here? If the answer yes. is yes, then of course yes. you play him. But he's, he's always like 12, 14, 15%, regardless of how bad he is. For this, I mean, it seems like that's low ownership for this field. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, Josh, go. Well, so one, I wanted to bring up the point that he's only been bad in this continent. So that's important to factor in. Uh, but two, this continent in North America? I don't Is know. North America a continent? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that includes Montreal. So the um, right. – sorry. Inside jokes don't play well on a podcast. Um, if he had any form coming in, he would, and he was this price. He would be the highest owned golfer in the field. Correct. And so I'm willing to throw out a few weeks, given one, if you know, even less than fifteen percent, and I feel like it's the steal of the, you know, 
who knows what the results are, but if he, if I roster him, which I will, and I will do heavily, and he comes in less than 15%, I, I don't care the result. I'm happy with it. Goddamn um, steal the century right there. Thank you. Yeah. It, I mean, between the, his, his style of game and his links history, open history, and yeah, so he's a little out of form, but that's why you're getting him on a discount. I, I was going to say the steal of the century. The steal of the century should be an acronym for this podcast called the SOS play. And then I said centuries not doesn't start with an S. <laughs> so carry on. Um, Sorry. He, yeah, he, he, he's certainly in play. Uh, not only does he openly say he loves Lynx golf, but his, his track record backs it up here. So Here's the other one. Okay, here's the chalk favorites. Well, the, the Cantlay numbers and the Reed numbers plus 20% projection, I don't think it's right, surprises me a lot. Considering Paul Casey, three top tens in majors last two years, ultimate ball striker and Englishman, 15%. I don't believe that Casey will be that low. No, and I don't believe Cantlay and Reed will be that high. I think they'll all be pretty close. Yes. And I think you just pick whoever you like the best. Ryan, would you with- which for me is Reed or Casey? I think it's, correct. I think it's yeah, pretty similar. I, I I honestly don't have a lot of interest in in any of them. But if I'm just you know blindly picking the guy who I think has the best chance to be successful here, it is certainly Paul Casey. Um, but we're getting up to that point where Paul Casey is finally priced about eight hundred dollars more than he normally is, and if he's still going to be fifteen sixteen percent owned, I you know I'm not rushing to play him there. Yeah, it's usually seventy hundred Paul Casey, and then he's twenty percent, and he crushes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know who I'm never playing is Webb Simpson. Ever, there's something wrong with him right now for sure. I'm surprised Adam Scott's eight point one too, considering, and Tommy Fleetwood's in the eights too, and Justin Rose. I can't do it. It's attractive. It always draws you in. <laughs> it's not a name I'm going to do. I think it always draws you in. I, I know. Um, what, all right, right, here's the honey hole. Let's go to the sevens. Is that a dirty saying? The honey hole? Yeah. No, it's a hole with honey in it. I, I, I don't know. Whenever I hear it, I feel like I, I don't. It's not like one of the phrases I use, and I always hear it, and I my first thought is like, "Is that dirty?" But go no, ahead. Named after a beehive for its honey, honey hole or honey hole is a slang for a location that yields a value, commodity, or resource. Well, now look it up on Urban Dictionary. Um, a giant vagina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so let's go, honey the, let's, let's go to the honey hole. All right, Josh, you're the honey hole this week. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got sidetracked on a dictionary. Um, yes, <laughs> so let's see. We are in the sevens? Yes. All right. Uh, There's some names that make me really sick here. And yes. I, so there's one... The name I'm playing, which he, I'm just gonna say it. I can't, every, you know, I have a bad history with him. Scary. Sergio Garcia. Oh my god! I, I don't. I, how can I? How can I ignore the price, the the win play, the the recent 
the recent form. I mean, look mm-hmm. at his last look at his last three events. Even the miscut at the PGA was good. He just was terrible around the green. But I mean, the open, the I mean, the Schwab, he's just he looks good and I don't think anyone should play him because it's only <laughs> going to bring pain. But <laughs> but I have to. I can't not. Here, so Here's the pain train. Sergio Garcia, Justin Rose, Johnny Vegas. All the same. Uh, so I so the the names that I'm most interested in here would be Sergio. Um, I am not playing Lowry at all. He'll be a wow. Full, why? Because he's not very good. <laughs> okay. I don't don't I don't even. Uh, no, hold on. Listen. No one has gotten more run, and when I say run, I mean being rostered by me out of one win at the Open Championship. Other than that, he is just a terrible human being and golfer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not doing it. I don't care. So he, you know, he won one event. I think wasn't there something? Maybe there was something. Um, there was something spectacular going on. I think there was a recent loss in the family. There was something else going on there, and I'm glad that happened for him, but he's not good at golf, and I'm not playing him. So I will be playing Sergio here. The next, again, this name is all full of people who kill me. I'm going to play Sergio. I'm going to play Jason Day, and I have not decided on Ricky Fowler and but Sergio and Jason Day, that's where I'm it's at. It's funny now. that you're the king of – you just said Lowry only won one event. You won't play him. But you're the king of one event winner players like, like Garcia and Fowler. Yeah. Finau. Well, Finau well, hasn't – I mean, that is, he hasn't won yet. Give it, give it four days. Yes. Ryan, can you correct this logic? I mean, yeah, when I, I, I went through and I still have 80 guys in my pool, I, I – I do have most of those guys, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to last. I mean, I will say, I think there's merit for Sergio. Um, he obviously has a pretty good open record historically. It seems like if you're kind of looking for, you know, a grinder, ball striker, win player, all of that, you know, he's not going to make a hundred birdies, which you don't need this week. I certainly think he makes sense. Um, I don't know about Jason day, but I just don't play him, but he, you know, he seems to be playing well. Um, I will say most of the guys that I like are definitely low sevens. There's not a ton up here. Um, I'm probably not going to play Fitzpatrick simply based on ownership. I'm also probably not going to play Shane Lowry. Not really feeling the Aussies. So Smith, Leishman, Day, you know, I think they're all fine. Um, but you yeah, I mean, drop to the low Fitzpatrick? sevens. I don't know. Well, look. I would have played He's him before, man. and I would have played him before last week. But he was one. He, he was sent all. You a video from a restaurant that said, "Hi, Ryan Bariff, you're my friend." <laughs> he was all putting last week, which was infuriating because I was fading him. Um, he doesn't have a great open record, and he's going to be at least fifteen percent owned, probably. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm gonna. I, I guess I'm gonna eat some chalk. They're up there in the higher range. Uh, I'm not interested in chalk, like. Eight K and below, <laughs> other than Burns. What? So Matt, you've been laughing at us for the last five minutes. Well, yeah. Please grace us with the play. Let me, let me, yeah, yeah. L- let me tell you. That's what I do. <laughs> well, we do. But just, let's be happy. We the other chalk play we have to discuss will probably be Burger and Cockrack. Yes, I'm not playing Cockrack. 
I'm not playing answer. I'm not playing burger. Um, I don't know if burger just wanted to get on a plane to the open last week, but he was terrible. Um, I don't see him performing at 7.4 K at 10% plus owned for the open. Let me tell you the names that are going to probably be a little overlooked in their range. Leishman one amazing iron player. There's going to be a lot less than driver off the tee. You have to play irons really well here. Leishman plays for majors. Uh, granted, he's disappointed me a lot, but Leishman is, you know, a win player. Leishman, Cam Smith are things that I will very much consider. I will not not consider Fitzpatrick or Lowry either. I think I like thinking of us both as good plays. I also like nothing else here. Day I'm not going to fall for. I'm not going to fall for Sergio or Phil. I will take the Englishman Westwood and my play of the year, perhaps. Should I even say it? Because I want to beat everyone. <laughs> I love Poulter. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the applause and the great play from you. Great play. <laughs> Thank um, you. He's 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 probably gonna be popular. Um sub ten. Yeah, but certainly the type of person that I'm uh playing down here. I mean, Poulter. McIntyre, Grace, Norin. You can play yeah. them all. You know, you know, hey, I like, Josh, I like you, Grace. You know who my Lowry is? My version of Lowry is? It's Corey Connors. I am never being suckered by that guy again. Yeah. Not, not, not in this course. Um, so I was interested. The, you that said, means you're playing him. You said Leishman plays for the Majors. How's, how's that going for? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't mean he plays well for them, but he does play for them. Okay. Um, I'm a fucking sucker for Australians, Lucas Herbert. So can we talk about the English chalk? Westwood, Wallace. I think he meant the Harris English chalk. Yes, I did. Oh, of that English talk. The worst English. I, yeah, I mean, you mentioned I mean, all the Englishmen, so let's do it. I don't I'd know. rather die than play 17% Harris English. I don't think I can do it, although he just seems like it just seems like a good play, but that's why it's 17%. So I don't, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll have to, if I'm going to eat chalk up top, I'm going to have to fade English down, or fade chalk, including English down here, I guess. Oh man, I know. Yeah, I mean, I think, he, yeah, I think he's the clear best play here. Um, I don't know what his his upside is. I mean, I don't think he's going to top ten or anything like that. But if yeah. he finishes like tied for sixteenth, fifteenth, whatever it is, for seventy three hundred, he's probably going to have a good chance to be on the winning lineup. Yeah, some of the things when I do like MME, you know, I would, I if I want to have some English, but I just know I I need my roster consumption construction to be right i will make a rule like if english is in the lineup you can't have spieth or rom or mm-hmm. you know or some of the other chalky guys so yeah i m- i might have the chalk english but then he'll be likely paired with you know maybe he's paired with dj or paired with um i don't know who else is up here that's you know you get the idea can, can i can i give you a name to really rattle your brains let's do it smack coacher yeah, hard I, hard pass. Uh, yeah, I've I've been doing well full fading him okay. this whole year. Okay, okay. I, I get the merits, but uh, you know I don't know. He's toast. 
All right. I have nothing, nothing I like. I want to like Lucas Herbert and Matthias Schwab a little bit. Schwab 0.19% owned. It's really cool at 6.8. I kind of want to think Hoffman's going to do well in the sixes here. We don't know if he's playing at all (laughs) still. Um, Chez. I mean, he's going to have a lot of, you know, Frenchmen cheering him on. So I could see that. Uh, working out for answer. I like Chez. Upside jokes, down, jokes, exclamation jokes point Chez. Up, exclamation point Chez. That was Chez. stolen by someone that so, made content, right, he, Ryan? Yes, it was. Thank you. He has not made a cut in the open, I just okay. saw. Right. Yeah, I mean, does uh, Chez scream, you know, European win player scrambler? It's kind of the exact opposite of what he is, but. Yeah. Listen, so this is, the does, floor is yours here. Take it away. What sell me on anything in this in this range? There's so much. Oh. I mean, one, if you just look at last week, like guys who came over here played well at the Scottish. Don't look at stats or anything like that. I mean, Ryan Palmer was there. Obviously, Lucas Herbert was there. Burns played pretty well. I think uh, kind of those are the uh, pretty obvious ones. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Lucas Glover. He did play well here in 2011, by the way. Not sure if you look back that far, but I think he tied 412. Obviously, just won the deer, and it really wasn't a fluke. He obviously putted really well last week, but I mean, Glover's been playing well for the last month or two. Like, I remember betting him at what Palmetto or whatever um, a couple weeks early. Uh, But I think there's a lot. And then if you just want to go with the uh, kind of links, pedigree, uh, old guys, you know, Stuart Sink is there. Uh, yes. Patrick Harrington is there. Andy Sullivan yeah. is there. I think there's a lot of options. I like, of all the options you said, I like sync the best. Yes, agree. Um, Ryan, where are you on Gustavo Fernandez Castaño? <laughs> oh my God. One, how is he in the field? That's um, Ryan's favorite player in Europe. Wait, Ryan, are you serious? Yes, it is. That's fucked up. Yeah, we love the old guy. Yeah. Ryan and I used to play him a lot, and yes. I guess now he's clean. But there is an actual play down here, Wiley. Sam Burns? No, Johannes Veerman. Veerman has been really, really good. Um, he qualified for the Open a couple weeks ago at the Irish and then almost won the Scottish last week. I think he tied for eighth or ninth, mm-hmm. uh, all said and done. But this is just a very, very low price for him for 6100 I think Schwab's the play here. He's my Brendan Hagee this week. Schwab's the play that by the ownership. Did um, are we still on Bobby Mack? Yes, and I missed yeah, I him. I was remiss in the seventh. So I think he's a I little think, higher price than I thought he would be. Yeah, that is somebody I have a lot of interest in, and especially considering he's the same price as Harris English, that makes him even more attractive. To totally, me. and his ownership's like very low. Um, he's in the Ricky range too. He's a lefty. He's creative. I mean, this do you is, think his ownership's going to be that low, though? I think it'll be lower than 6.8, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Guys have caught on to him. I mean, they play him every week, not just in, in uh, Euro, but, I mean, here as well. Josh, talk to me about Molinari, though. Uh, I I have to because I, yes. I've been I've been tr- I've been trying to make it a thing for a while, and mm-hmm. – with the eyes on, you know, hey, this, you know, well, I actually thought he was going to do well at the U.S. Open. Did not. Um, I'll have a little just because 
you know, for self-preservation, I'll have to have a little. But after that, I that will that's going to be the swan song. No more. We'll okay. Either. Tell yeah. me, tell me. I mean, here's the narrative, though, right? Italy beats England in Euro, and then Molinari wins the Open again. The interesting, ultimate, the ultimate dick punch. And then also Molinari being the same price as English, he also beats English again <laughs> in, a, in a playoff. <laughs> Uh, um, right. Are we playing Phil? No. no. Okay. Um, that's it. This has been 42 minutes of nonsense. Who wins? Slip, go ahead. All right. I will give you my We've been pick. pretty good at these, Slip, though. I mean, we've been not bad. Yeah, I mean, we. I picked Norrin last week. That went well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I picked Harmon. Sorry. <laughs> I picked Lee's uh, Lover, so I was good. Hey, hey, I guess, I mean, I'm picking Spieth. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to say something and pick somebody who I've never picked before. Xander. Right. <laughs> Is he the one that has the dogs dressed up in tuxedos? That's the one. Okay. Um, it's going to be Brooks Kepka. Thank you. You're welcome. 1,600 That's to it. one? That's 16 to one? Day. Let's, how about this? Let's because we all just picked all the chalk. Let's just give what's our favorite. Well, if you had to make one, you know, top twenty bet from in the lower range, where what are you taking? Poulter. Okay. Does Scotty Shefford count as a low range, or you want me to go lower than that? No, I want you to go lower. Brian's <laughs> gonna go Xander. <laughs> Harris English. Uh, <laughs> no, I would honestly. I mean, it's probably McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Sergio, just say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sergio. <laughs> That's so, so bad. It's going to be terrible. We provided no value. We just talked about a bunch of <laughs> names with no construct around it. Is that, I mean, I think it was all right. Well, let, I'll get DMs about it and we'll risk Yes. It. All right. Thank you, guys. See you God guys. Bless.